Hey there, welcome to Entitled. My name's Caleb and I'm here in Perth, Australia. It's not so sunny anymore. It's starting to be winter and it's getting rainy and cold and I'm kind of into it. But anyway, this is episode three um, and I got to chat with my good friend Christian Alonzo. He is a photographer and all around just super creative person. And we got to chat inspiration, literature and took a deep dive into what inspires him and his upbringing. So, without further ado, here's episode 3 of Untitled. I hope you enjoy. <clears throat> Alright, well, thanks for doing this, man. We've known each other for a couple years, uh, and we really became friends in a Christian worldview class that we had at Vanguard. Uh, I barely showed up to that class, but uh, really since then I've admired your creativity and outlook on life. Uh, we lived together for like two weeks. We've had several conversations on art, music, God, theology, etc. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to just make an episode on our conversations, I guess. Um, so yeah, if you could just introduce yourself. Who are you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, totally. I am uh, Christian Alonzo. I am currently alive and well in Newport Beach, California. It is 6:24 now. Um yeah. Uh just finished school this past year, I guess a year ago, almost exactly. Uh 2019. Uh since then, I've been kind of uh wandering and not in a cool way, I guess. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, where you going uh, now? There's not really a blueprint post-grad I guess which is scary yeah um so I graduated uh 2019 um I studied theology at Vanguard University and uh that's where me and you met we actually met in a what you said Christian worldview class and uh I remember sitting uh like a seat away from you technically we had uh some person in the middle of us and I, I remember one day I was just, I walked into class and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to take that person's seat because Caleb seems cool. So I did that and I remember you, uh, I don't know why you would do this weird thing where you would meow at the professor <laughs> <laughs> and it would always sort of uh, get us in, not trouble, but like, I don't know, it's just funny. I, feel, I think me and you had the highest grade in the class. I mean, yeah, honestly. But also, just context for the context for the meow thing. We had a cat at the time, and so Will, one of my roommates, and I would just stupidly, immaturely meow. And then I got in that really bad habit of doing it in public. And so in that class, there'd just be stupid, quiet lulls, and I'd just start meowing. And either if I got one laugh, that would be enough for my ego to just keep doing it. And it was either it would usually be you that would laugh, and it was just like, all right, this guy's doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, no, dude, I was, uh, yeah, no, it was for sure funny, but uh, I was laughing uh, for my own safety at the time. I felt <laughs> threatened, I'm not going to lie. Um, there were a few threatening auras in the class, for sure. There was some, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into it. But, uh, that's a whole different episode, honestly. Yeah, that's a whole different episode. Um, but yeah, just uh, just graduated from Vanguard. Um, studied theology. Uh, was blessed to go to such an awesome school where I got to meet such great friends uh, like you and like all of uh, my current roommates who were formerly your roommates, I guess. Which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, since since graduating, I've sort of been wandering and not in this uh, traveling the world sort of way, but more of a. Um, Which is uh, quite overrated. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. I don't really have uh, much experience to speak on for that. But uh, but no, traveling or wandering in a a not so cool way, in the sense that I have no idea really what I'm doing in life and. Uh, yeah, just trying to just trying to survive basically is what it feels like. Um, but it's led me uh, into some great opportunities. Uh, currently, I am working uh, with Zach on Basket Case full time. You know, doing photography and design and that, and then doing like day to day production stuff. Whatever comes up, sort of is the uh, I guess the mindset right now. We're just kind of taking care of everything as as we go along. But yeah, super blessed for the opportunity, super blessed that uh, I have great friends like you and like Zach, who kind of uh, have been older brothers to me, in a sense, and like looked out for me, taking care of me, and provided opportunities for me. And yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's super cool. I'm super thankful for that. And uh, yeah. You studied theology, and now you're doing essentially creative for creative uh yeah creative photography fashion photography um and i guess the the framework for this episode i just messaged you and was like okay i want to talk about your inspirations and a lot of what we talk about is music and film and books and i think for me my older brother from an early age um was always playing so so much different music and i could see how that went into his different hobbies and interests and him being nine years older than me, how, how much that influenced me now, my, my creative outlook on life, I guess. And it's just weird that you have that as well, but so beyond. Yours is very practical and very like, you're like a, like a well of random knowledge on fashion and literature. And it's like, what the heck in those few poems you've let me read? It's like, who is this guy? Like, what the heck? How, how is he studying theology, but still able to do all of these things? So wanting to dive into that. Uh, yeah, I guess growing up um, in a small town, much like yourself, uh, I grew up in a, a town called Gilroy, California. It's about an hour uh, south of San Francisco. I was born in San Jose. Um, but yeah, growing up in Gilroy, there's literally nothing to do. So uh, all I did was, I guess, play baseball and hang out with my family growing up, which was great. And I was blessed to come from a such a loving, supportive family who always yeah, like actually are the best. yeah no for real they are they are i'm realizing that more uh i guess it's funny the the older that you get the more you realize how beautiful the uh the town that you come from is and your family just in general yeah man um i guess we both wrote down a few notes i guess what growing up what were your no one I, everything retrospectively is like oh okay now i can draw trace the line but when you're growing up, it's not like this is going to influence me to see photography this way or this album or whatever. Does that make sense? 
yeah, with nothing to do, I sort of uh, got myself into trouble um, on the internet, I guess, is what I would <laughs> explain it as. One of my, one of my biggest influences, my biggest, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was introduced to like, I guess, internet culture via Reddit uh, from my cousin when I was like 12 years old. And uh, any any like twelve year old on the internet is already uh, it's already like a dangerous game, yeah. But but no, my cousin introduced me to Reddit, and another cousin introduced me to clothing and sort of um, music, I guess. And through through artists like Kid Cudi and Kanye West, I kind of got into uh, clothes like Bape just you know sort of a uh, streetwear brands and I started looking into the uh the sort of history of these brands and I guess from there it really started uh my interest in photography and my interest in art and literature uh yeah I remember um what is it uh, yeah I remember like uh learning about Supreme when I was like I don't know how old would I have been like a uh, maybe like 13 or 14, and watching kids for the first time because I heard that Harold Hunter, a skater... Wait, wait you watch kids at that age? <laughs> yeah, I watch kids at like... Okay, if you don't know what kids is, probably don't watch it at any age. It's this gnarly, almost gonzo-style movie about kids in the 90s in New York, and it's it's nuts. It's about, the, about AIDS, and yeah, it's nuts. Don't watch it, but maybe Google it for context on this. I mean, I don't know. I would disagree. I would say watch it. I would say, like, obviously um, know what you're getting into, sort of, I guess. Uh, but Harmony Corinne, man, one of the greats, Larry Clark. Um, but, yeah, watching watching such a, I don't know, such a, uh, it's just a messed up movie, I guess. It's very real. It's scary real. Yeah, kind of kind of introduced me uh to that sort of world uh i guess i was sort of living vicariously through these ny sort of street rats wow being in gearoid that's nuts to think about <laughs> no exactly literally probably like one of the furthest places from new york in america but um but yeah uh yeah so i watched that and i was like just mind blown and i i don't even think i could uh like comprehend what I was seeing at the time, but I knew that I loved it and I knew that I wanted to get into that culture any any way that I could. And so that was dressing like these people, that was talking like these people, which got me in trouble. That was, you know, doing anything that I could. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I guess I sort of matured my palette eventually and start, sort of started looking up other artists like Yogan Teller, who shot for Supreme before, uh, just other photographers like David Sims, um, just more, uh, I guess, level-headed dudes that were still doing art in this sort of um, new way. It's very raw, yeah, super raw, and I think, like, in the same manner for me, that was, because of my older brother, the draw for me was, like, punk rock, like, seeing it, and I'm, I don't come from that at all come from like yeah a similar background like great family uh pretty middle class like galveston texas you know just a small place in texas um but hearing the clash the ramones seeing my brother wear creepers and watching him go buy wranglers before skinny jeans were a thing 
and like it was like what the heck is this and just seeing it being a chubby kid and like uh, and like seeing it and it's like i don't understand most of this but i know it's doing something to my mind that is just like blowing it that's so in like the best way possible yeah yeah that's uh that's basically how it was for me too i mean i had an older brother he's uh like five and a half years older than me but um there's still uh you know that age gap uh sort of where you enter like middle school high school that um i mean no high schooler is going to want to talk to somebody like in sixth grade right and so I definitely always looked up. Yeah, my brother didn't talk to me until I turned 15. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. That's how it was for me. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I was, um, I think, maybe in eighth grade. Uh, and it was when my brother went to, it was after his freshman year. So maybe I was actually in seventh grade. And he came back to school. And that was when me and him first sort of got along. And actually, uh, yeah, I remember him bringing back Pokemon cards. And me and him just started playing Pokemon and just talking about that and then eventually talking about music and stuff like that. And I was always a, um, I mean, he, he sort of uh, shaped what I liked, I guess, you know, um, him being into skating and me being more so into the culture than anything, which is funny that how uh, little brothers do that, you know? I mean, your brother. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your brother's like a full punk head. And you're like all about the culture and of course like love the music but yeah but it's more about the story and the history and for them it was almost more pure not pure but just like full just straight in it and then yeah. for us it was like you dissect it and you're like what was that guy influenced by like seeing the history behind the actual movement and not just like i can actually relate to this <laughs> just nuts no totally yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting but uh yeah, yeah. I guess that that sort of, um, sort of does it for my childhood. I guess uh, I was also introduced to like Kanye West at a long, at a young age um, through my aunt. She gave me a a late registration CD. Wow. And that that sort of did it for me. I remember like trying to listen to it and not really understanding. Um, yeah, of course. I don't know how old I was. I was probably like nine or ten. But then my brother's junior year, I think it was, uh, um, graduation had come out and he started playing like, you know, all the bangers. And yeah. so I was like, oh, okay, this is. That was another level, yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the first year I heard. It was the Chris Martin track. Exactly, um, yeah, Homecoming. Homecoming. That was the one that I first heard seventh grade i didn't even know what it was it was in like this crappy girly blue cd player that was in my room for some reason and i just pressed play and it, it was the first song that came on and it was just like dun, 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 dun. what is this it was just like bro yeah yeah is nuts that's so crazy i still have flashbacks just like driving in the back seat with my my mom in the front and the same with my brother just her dropping him off at school and just listening to that song and just being like okay yeah i get this this is about my life <laughs> or whatever you know even though <laughs> i'm like so far from it i'm like yeah i grew up in shy yeah that's so like me we're kind of the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's so weird because i honestly like it sounds funny now but as a, at that age i really felt like 
like the way I guess Travis Scott talks about Kid Cudi, like he saved my life. Like that's how I, I gravitated towards Ye at such a young age, like 13. And that really like his music kind of was the background of my high school life. Like my, I wrote down for album Twisted Fantasy and it was just like, how did this dude go? This was a few years later, 2009, like go from being the most hated man called like the worst by Obama, who was the president at the time and like was like the messiah for a lot of people in the nation. And then just come back with the perfect album. Yeah, no, totally. And that's how, that's how I felt. I mean, there's sort of that, uh, I mean, just the, the like first sort of wave of like Kanye fans that kind of stuck through, uh, the fire and flames, you know, of him getting true, yeah. yeah, ridiculed. And it sounds so, so dumb to kind of, uh, you know, want to die on this cross and be a martyr. <laughs> for Kanye but I was like no you guys Look don't understand like, I don't regret it honestly <laughs> yeah yeah, bro. yeah and then Yeezus come out and then I had to go like so much harder I was like no this is actually people a didn't metaphor. get it like, sonically yeah oh and just the, yeah the soundscape of it the freaking and like you listen to some music now and it's like he paved the way and fashion and everything bro like like uh, he talks a little crazy sometimes but he definitely is probably top two greatest minds of the last 50 years it's a bold statement it's true bro uh yeah yeah so that that was sort of a that was like the first artist i loved um sort of from maybe like from when i was young but sort of really got into him uh maybe eighth grade through like all throughout high school and even into college even now obviously but uh but yeah next was probably Cuddy uh listening to Man on the Moon 2 actually oh that's heavy bro you got on for two on two two was dark yeah oh for sure two's super dark dark. but uh like my freshman year dude that's all I was that's all I was bumping I got into him, Man on the Moon 1, with a uh, soundtrack to my life. I remember this, it was 7th grade, yeah, and this chick was like, you'd like this lyric, and I, I'm not going to say the lyric. Uh, and then I was just like, this is sick. And then just kind of, and then found out that he was like, yeah, his protege, so it was just like. No, it all came, yeah, it all came like full circle for sure. But yeah, no, I remember listening to like, uh, I don't know, Mojo So Dope, or like, I don't know, just like any of the songs and being like, this is the life I'm living as my mom is like driving me to high school. <laughs> Seriously? You know? <laughs> yeah. No one understands yeah, me, man. Yeah, nobody gets it. <laughs> yeah. And it was so weird because I was like, a, like at, at that point in my life, I was just like a loud, douchey party boy. But then there was still like... And I at that time, I for sure enjoyed Mac Miller. I think Kids had just come out. Wiz was pretty big um and all of his mixtapes and i enjoyed that but like that's all my friends listen to and then i would be like just listening to cuddy and i think i was big into coldplay at that time too. oh really just big coldplay head yeah bro big i still love right what is it uh a rush of blood to the head oh yeah i don't even that know that nuts bro. doesn't yeah 
That's great. But yeah, no, Mac too. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. My bad. I don't know Coldplay like that, but, uh, but no, Mac too, dude. I remember, I remember like eighth grade hearing about him and just bumping everything, like literally everything. Uh, and then my freshman year, he came out with, uh, Blue Slide Park and I was like, okay, this, I don't like this anymore. And so I stopped listening yeah, to him. He, did, basically. he didn't like it. Yeah. yeah, I basically stopped listening to him my freshman year. And then uh, thankfully listening to like swimming. And I was like, oh, I got to take a I got to take a deep dive back. But yeah, dude, all those artists. I actually, Mac Miller actually got me uh, or I got grounded my freshman year from listening to Mac Miller because I wrote a rap to this to this uh, this uh, girl I liked. Uh, shout out Justice! Oh, shout wow. out Justice Fox! Uh, if you're out there listening hey, to that's, this, what a name! Yeah, what no, great name. name for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's get married. Uh, but yeah, um, no, I got grounded writing this rap, uh, and my mom was like, "You've been listening to too much Mac Miller," and so that's so wild. That's so wild. Like to think about it now. That wasn't that long ago, but it feels like so long ago. It does. It really does. Dang. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, but I guess sort of, uh, I guess if we're getting into this, one of the questions you asked me was uh, Please, yeah, yeah. Please, my, yeah, uh, yeah. my top three albums, which I don't have an answer for all three. Okay, and they don't, they don't have to be in like specific order. I was trying to write mine out, like, what have I been listening to as of late? But also more so what, I guess more what really shape to you i guess if that makes sense yeah no totally uh all i actually wrote anything for was uh one of the greatest albums of all time blonde by frank ocean but as far as albums that like actually influenced me like i mean there's so many for sure but uh it would probably have to be like you said my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or uh like because the internet um, as like my most influential, I would say. That was your album, bro. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, dude, I remember. Yeah, I, I went to Target to get it in CD. And I remember reading on a, like a forum on Reddit that uh, if you peeled off the uh, hologram, then it was like, uh, I forgot what it said. I think it said like Roscoe's wetsuit, which was a sort of an inside joke between in the Gambino sort of a fan base um that he had i don't know he started it when he wrote a screenplay he wrote like an 80 page screenplay for the uh, i remember you telling me about this i remember we talked about this album and you were like have you read the screenplay and i was like no No. (laughs) yeah yeah no dude i i nerd out like anything i get into i kind of nerd out like super hard and so so yeah that was that's who it was at the time uh gambino I don't know when the project came out, my junior or senior year. I know that camp came out my freshman year. And yeah, and listening back to camp, uh, even though it's like, I mean, maybe like top 20 albums, I'm like, gosh, these uh, these raps are so Just super corny. backpack rap. Yeah, Super dude, backpack super, rap oh, with like a zip-up hoodie with the hood on. No, bro, it's so bad. It's probably I'm like, like an American Apparel hoodie, Exactly, too. I'm like, I'm listening to Lil Dicky right now. That's who I'm listening to. It's oh. literally like that, dude, which sucks. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it's uh it's super funny um where were you the first time you heard frank ocean frank ocean oh shoot i was uh i know that the first song i ever heard was swim good and i think a friend in um i don't even know when when that would have came out i know that it came out with like nostalgia ultra but uh but i think it was like my freshman year of high school maybe 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 sophomore yeah yeah sometime around then but i remember listening to it because a friend posted it on facebook another girl that i liked and me being uh very influenced by girls um, looked it up and it was it was a banger and i remember showing my mom immediately and telling her uh i remember telling her i was like this this guy he's uh he's up next you know he's gonna be big like he's gonna be the best and from then actually listening to the full project nostalgia ultra kind of getting to see that drop and sort of the uh the whirlwind that it caused and then obviously channel orange and i would listen to that after uh after youth group a lot with some friends, you know, just like rapping Andre's part on Pink Matter and stuff like that. After youth group, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, uh, like my junior and senior year of high school, I was uh, I was actually homeschooled. And um, youth group was kind of like the only time for me to kind of, you know, get out and actually like, actually uh, sort of like scream into the void. I would say, you know, kind of just like try and be known, just kind of like flail my arms in whatever way. Like, this is who I am, look. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because besides that, it was just with my siblings and my parents. And at that age, we don't give, we don't care at all, you know, what they think, (laughs) unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, weirdly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that that sort of went it. when it all went down with Frank and then I remember my sophomore year of college uh, I think it was like September or October um, Nikes dropped and later that day Blonde and I remember hating Nikes at first and I was like and even the project as a whole but uh, the more I listened to it the more I kind of just resonated with it and sort of felt the, the overall just like ethos behind the project it's so much more personal than than channel orange scary so scary yeah no no for sure i mean uh i wrote some notes <laughs> i could get into but uh yeah i think Please. it's probably yeah, yeah, yeah i think it's probably one of my favorite albums because it is an album about uh becoming you know sort of this coming of age mm-hmm. sort of project and as somebody who skipped out on his junior and senior years of high school and ultimately like the little stuff like proms and stuff I feel like those are even little and stupid they're um they're big you know they're big for like any any kids and any uh I guess just growing up in general so yeah so an album that is about becoming yeah because I think we we both are quite nostalgic people and nostalgia can be like a little misleading i think sometimes and so you listen to a, a crazy good album like like blonde and you're like man like did i miss it yeah 
No, I for sure, yeah, I think you're right. I, I for sure do hate nostalgia just for the sake of nostalgia, you know? Um, but no, that being said, uh, I do, I am nostalgic. Uh, and yeah, honestly, I do feel like I missed out. I do feel like there was this part of me that I didn't get to experience or I had to experience in other ways. And I feel like in, and also like, uh, I guess, um, contradictory to that, there were things in my life that were sort of rushed and I, I didn't get to experience things to the fullest, uh, potential because, um, just because I missed out on them, it was a lot to do with, because I was kind of rushed, you know, kind of had to get a job or like wanted to get a job for myself and like, you know, wanted to like start making money on my own and stuff like that. And I missed out on a lot of stuff and it seems like dumb, I guess, you know, like the little things, but, but no, I think that's, I think that's true. What you said I did miss out. Yeah. Do you think, I guess the twofold question that there is still music being made that is, that has that potential to make somebody look back on their life and actually really be like, man, I, I made this decision for better or worse. But no, yeah, I think, uh, I think so. I think, um, another one of my like favorite albums on here, uh, that I say favorite because it's the most influential in my life is from our good friend, Brandon. And I think that he is able to kind of, you know, hit those sort of, uh, hit those like chords or whatever that you know sort of make you feel so much and even the even some of the lyrics on his album that talk about him um the more vulnerable ones that talk about him just messing up and like yeah yeah I do relate to a lot of those and yeah so of course I think that that music is still being made like that and I think music will always be made like that because it's sort of um universal you know there's this human yeah exactly this human quality to to music like that so yeah so getting in you just kind of touched on on the power of words and lyrics and what are some like what's some literature that you look back on in your life and you're like whether it be books or interviews or magazines whatever that you're like holy cow these were monumental like i just read the complete like actually read it through the outsiders for the first time like last month blew my mind bro like really she's talking about masculinity she's a female but the way she describes writing them from pony's boy's perspective on the world and masculinity it's like yo this is still so relevant yeah no for me uh as somebody who like i mean i grew up like reading a lot of short stories and forums and stuff like that but never actually like truly diving into like full novels or anything and I think that came from from you and from other friends in my life that influenced me for the better uh there's a season like last year two years ago when uh when you and Audrey sort of pulled out the the emotional side of me that I didn't know was even there. And through that, you know, came some like work of like poetry uh, that I didn't know I had in me. And 
and just like an overall love for for uh i guess the poets as a whole you know sort of uh yeah. the the emotional ones or whatever um and not that that's all it is but but in recent reading i think uh i just reread kids uh by patty smith and it's about uh obviously patty smith and her her boyfriend her gay boyfriend uh um, and yeah, it's about them living as artists in New York City and trying to just make ends meet. And I do feel like in reading uh, people like that, there's this sort of a, a teleportation uh, device, you know, seeing um, or reading about the past so that you can learn about the future. And I think that's why I read people like that. Um, and yeah, yeah, Kids is a great book. I recommend it to anybody. It's uh, it's probably like a top ten for me, easily. Yeah, and if you don't know who Patty Smith is, she was an artist and a musician. She's still alive, um, but people argue about whether she was the first person to release an actual, like, what the ethos of punk rock is. In nineteen seventy six, she released Horses, um, and from there she just has been like, a renowned yeah artist and musician and writer, which is crazy how like multi talented she is. Um, and that book talks about, I think her boyfriend was a photographer, right? I haven't read it. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. He was a, he was an artist um, and then turned photographer. And yeah, I see a lot of myself in Robert. His name is Robert uh, Maplethorpe. I hope I'm not butchering that. I've only ever read the book. Um, so yeah, I only ever read his name. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, just seeing seeing them and seeing their mistakes and seeing... Uh, them just trying to fill this sort of a, as cheesy as it is, you know, this like God-sized hole with um, with Robert's drug use and trying to be famous. And yeah, I don't know, it just felt felt like an important read for me at the time. Or this like sort of like second read uh, felt very important. So so yeah, uh, but yeah, the true essence of, of punk, Patti Smith, I mean, horses, you know, starting out with the line. Jesus Christ died for somebody's sins, but not mine, which is bad theology. And uh, you and your brother can get into that. Yeah, I guess. No, but getting into it with you, like, because we are both. And I think that's why we're good friends is because we both see the beauty, but also from a Christian perspective, like the brokenness in it, if that makes sense. Like how these beautiful, powerful artistic movements and moments are talking about the brokenness of humanity and it's like we have the solution and there is a hope like how do you hold that tension knowing what you studied what we both believe um i think the both the way we both try to lead our lives we're, we're both imperfect but the way we both try to lead our lives and our worldview um does that make sense like how do you reconcile that no, totally uh i think um i think pe- people most people kind of figure it out or maybe not most but people that I'm into sort of figured it out um, in one way or another, whether uh, whether or not it was the, uh, the Christian path or like, you know, by some other way, just sort of figuring out how what they were doing was so wrong, which is why I sort of got into Bukowski uh, this past year a lot, just, you know, reading like novel after novel, short stories, poems. And yeah, I actually wrote down something about Bukowski. I wrote down a quote uh, 
it's cool if I read it. Um, Please, yeah, it's from it's from probably one of my favorite books ever called Women and uh, in Women uh, this novel and in a lot of his other novels he uses this alter ego, um, uh, which is uh, like a pseudonym. He he calls himself Charles Chinaski, and he talks about uh, in this quote he talks about how he sort of sort of starts to feel remorse for these people that he's that he's actually hurt in real life and the quote is I walked about feeling worse and worse perhaps it was because I've stayed over instead of going home it was like prolonging the agony what kind of shit was I I could certainly play some nasty unreal games what's my motive was I trying to get even something for this could I keep on telling myself that I was merely a matter of, of research, a simple study of the female? I was simply letting things, considering anything for my own selfish, cheap pleasure. I was like a spoiled high school kid. I was worse than any whore. A whore took your money and nothing more. I tinkered with lives and souls as if they were my playthings. How could I call myself a man? How can I write poems? Or is more bushel de sad without his intellect? A murderer was more straightforward and honest than I. I didn't want my soul played with, mocked, pissed on. I knew that much at any rate, I was truly no good. I could feel it as I walked up and down the rug. No good. The worst part was that I passed myself off for exactly what I wasn't, a good man. I was able to enter people's lives because of their trust in me. I was doing my dirty work the easy way. I was reading the love tale of the hyena. I stood in the center of the room, surprised by my thoughts. I found myself sitting on the edge of the bed and I was crying. I could feel the tears of my fingertips. My brain whirled, yet I felt sane. I couldn't understand what was happening to me. It's sort of a... Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, sort of heavy and sort of uh, like even just like, yeah, yeah, no, but sort of in seeing the uh, just the like utter disdain um, and uh, Bukowski sort of held towards people sort of start to pay off and even holding these works and I could really only read his novels like partially at a time you know I love to like binge read something but I could only read his partially and I constantly have to remind myself of like his poetry and like a poem called let it enfold you which came out uh like a couple years or it came out after he died but it was written like a year before he died and yeah and it's sort of uh like he sort of talks about how messed up his thinking was as a young man and how how, uh, yeah, I guess how lost he truly was. And it's sort of special. It's a great poem. I I, um, I would recommend it to anybody, you know. Bukowski sort of uh, uh, having his first real human interaction when he was like 70 years old with another person. And so, yeah, <clears throat> just crazy. And the beauty, I think, of... Like, a uh, quick tangent. I was talking to one of my good friends a while ago, and... Her and I were talking about, um, I was talking about my past failures um, and why I love reading and why I love the power of words and 
most great novels have this meta narrative throughout and it's about humanity and all of our crappiness um and i think she she told me like man that's crazy i wish you know the biggest thing i struggle with is self-righteousness and i think the beauty of of a bukowski and those kind of quotes it's like when he talks about himself he can almost feel this when he's talking about when he sits on the edge of the bed and he's weeping it's how he kind of like objectified this person for just the form of pleasure and it's like wow like that is the epitome of our brokenness of our humanity when we guise goodness but we're actually kind of just wanting to manipulate a situation and it's just like that's so nuts and so beautiful and so powerful and I guess yeah that's just I I think it takes some maturity and not that we're the most mature but I think it takes like maturity to to cut through the bs of I mean when you show you sent me a picture of all the novels you picked up by him or all of his works I was like dang you're about to become a misogynist um (laughs) but it's like cutting through through the the difficult stuff that he writes um that anybody writes like and and I don't think everybody has to get into Bukowski and not everybody should yeah yeah no I uh yeah no it's uh funny like sort of me getting into Bukowski was sort of uh from a professor also at Vanguard uh Mrs. or Miss Martinez no Mrs. Martinez um she was my literary perspectives professor that I I kind of held off on taking that class and took it my last semester of school (laughs) but yeah uh, I thought I was gonna clap it but I didn't but I'm so glad that I didn't uh we had this like yeah we had this uh poetry assignment we had to like do like a a sort of presentation and I was gonna do Patty Patty Smith but a lot of hers were on like the female perspective of harsh topics like sexual abuse and stuff like that that I felt like I had nothing to add or nothing to even I couldn't even like almost empathize with it you know like how could I a guy but um but yeah um so I so I chose Bukowski and she kind of was like you know that this man is a misogynist and all of these things and I was like I was like yeah I've read some stuff and like and she really like pushed me on it but she pushed me in a way, I guess, um, jumping to the end. Uh, I kind of figured out that Bukowski is like one of her favorite authors and like she actually loves him and she just wanted me to understand what I was reading before getting into wow. it, which is great. And, you know, uh, I kind of always saw Bukowski in like high school and like college as like this cool, like cynical man. But uh, in reality, he wasn't right. He was uh um, he tells he everything how they're, yeah. yeah, he tells everything how it is, right? There's no embellishment or romanticism towards, uh, towards his life, right? He, he talks about it, uh, very truly and it's gross and, and yeah, he tells it how it is and, and yeah, I think that was great and I'm so thankful for that professor. Dang. Cool man, uh, gonna have to wrap it up i got work here in a little bit but thanks so much bro <laughs> i think this was beautiful and definitely have to do another episode no totally um, dude we have to talk about our favorite movies i was so excited i know we didn't even touch films bro. we just talked about music and books that was so beautiful all right in closing what are a few albums or books that you think every human being should listen to 
few albums. Oh shoot, dude, I don't Just even. One, two, and then okay. On tops and then uh, yeah, two books. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with books to start. I guess. Uh, I guess I would say. I guess I would say if you're ready to kind of dive into that path, if you want to challenge for sure, Women by Bukowski. Um, if you wanted to, you know, sort of uh, read um, about his life in a chronological sense, then Post Office is really good by him. It was his first novel. It talks about him working in a post office, just going crazy for most of his life. Uh, I mean, he wasn't able to make a living off of his writing until he was 60. So, <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. But yeah, and then... Um, Another one of my favorite books I've been reading this or I've read for like the past few years, uh, kind of got it in a doctrine class is this, uh, this, um, it's a basically a devotional for servants and other lay ministers. It's kind of kept me grounded in my search for identity and kind of search for like meaning in life, uh. Yeah, it kind of keeps me, you know, reading the Bible, reading important actual, like, passages and understanding them. Um, So, yeah, basically, you'd read a passage and you'd read it over and over every week. Uh, The same with a psalm or a proverb. Uh, Besides that, I would say just kids. Everybody should read that. That's a pretty easy read, and it has um, has been very influential in my life and my search also for identity. Uh... Music, shoot, I've been listening to the new Dijon project a lot, and it's called Do You Want to Get Married? And it's great. There's a lot of dissonance in the album, which is really cool. Um, yeah, sonically a great album, and then the also the sort of ideas behind each track is unlike any other. Like the song Jesse is sort of, uh, I wouldn't even know how to explain it. It feels to me like um, like uh, he had this sort of uh, mentor in his life, or maybe not mentor, but sort of an older brother figure who was kind of uh, kind of like a jerk to him and sort of mean and rude, and he's just kind of trying to... He just loves him so much that he kind of sticks by his side, and I feel like, like all of us or all of us boys have kind of had that in our lives in one way or another. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I would say go check out that album, obviously Blonde, but everybody should have listened to that by now. Uh, surprise, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, truly. Uh, yeah, unlike Caleb, I will go on record saying that, uh, I will fight anybody that disagrees with me, <laughs> so let's have it out. Um, but no, yeah, if you hated the album or you didn't like it, give it another try. It took me multiple listens to actually love it and so yeah uh besides that buffalo 66 which is a movie i wanted to talk about vincent gallo the great artist of our generation um i don't know just a true artist did everything for the movie uh did the music uh helped on the cinematography directed it and was the main the main actor in it uh another person that did the music was uh um king crimson so that's really cool uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. Go watch Kids too. Um, wow, yeah. Christian Alonzo. Thank you, bro. Honestly, I think this was, was really good. Thank you um, for having me, dude. Sick, bro. 
Hey, honestly, this was, uh, it was fun. I think it was, yeah, it was fun. Cool. Dude, I miss you, bro. I miss you too, dude. Let's, uh, let's do it again anytime, for real. Just, like, call me up sporadically, unsporadically, whatever. I'm down. Well, thanks so much for listening to episode three. Think about subscribing, liking, and sharing with your friends. But until next time, peace.